Welcome to the Abyssinian syllabary, where we spell out Ethiopia in 33 characters. I'm Eve-Marie Stranger, your host and the compiler of these Abyssinian lives. Nota bene. While any resemblance to actual countries, past or present, and to historical figures is not purely coincidental, this is a work of fiction. For a primer on these Ethiopian characters, newcomers may start with the prologue by Manuel de Goes. To order the book or a poster of the Abyssinian syllabary, visit Ethiopia.com. That's U-T-H-I-O-P-I-A dot com. The crimson flower that extirpates the tapeworm at times kills the man afflicted by the worm. But if you are keen on raw meats, you must sip your kusu. And so it is with death itself that we must embrace because we love life. The Apocrypha of Zereyakob. Zereyakob. New. The yokels of Bulga, whom he had made his fold, simply called him Fulesafenyao, the philosopher. He was born Afewark Gabriesus, mouth of gold, slave of Jesus from the seed of Gabriesus, slave of Jesus, and of his mother, Tegustesheti, Patience, my green shoot, in the parish of Debrewark, on the cedar-shaded slopes of Mount Choke. Zereyakob was the name under which he took the robes in the monastery of Debrelibanos. And once he took to the roads, tired of the nonsense, the hierophants of this bastion of orthodoxy, would have him believe, he kept the name as he had grown accustomed to it. Zereyakob was at first an anchorite living in a musty hole. Here he became wearisome with solitude and was beset by a plague of mice. So he picked up a staff to be of a cloth with the vagrant Batawi. Henceforward he became a drifter, filling his begging bowl in exchange for wisdom that was wholesome to peasant folk. While still a child, Zereyakob had tended his father's drove of sheep on the flanks of this mountain choke, and he had learned from his mother the concoction of the vermifuge flower of the koso tree, which grows plentifully in these parts. His father was a stubborn peasant, as they all are on the high plateaus, for they love freedom and have hard heads. They like nothing more than laying down their pitchforks on feast days which are numerous, and neither do they shy away from labor on the days given to the production of sweat, for such is the way of this land. This stern father, for all his abiding orthodoxy, was inclined by disposition to be of an inquisitive mind. And so it was this Gebrejesus who kindled in Zereyakob an interest in the phenomena that govern the world pointing out to the boy the succession of the wrestling of the fat-tailed ram with the ewes and the lambs they bore five months later. And it was his mother, Tegustesheti, who taught him to doze the bitter flower of the koso tree and to brew the decoction so indispensable to those who partake of raw meat. Just enough, and it is only the tail of the tapeworm that is nipped, leaving the head to grow back too much and the decoction will squeeze all life from the tail of the drinker himself, she told him, laughing, for she was a woman 
and this much she knew. Zer Jacob recited his syllabary under the crown of, what else, a kusso tree in the courtyard of the church of St. George under the guidance of an old priest who could no longer see his protégés, yet of course knew his abugida. Nor did his vision seem lacking when it came to landing blows of encouragement. He, who, he, ha, he, ho, the children chanted each morning. Me, mu, mi, ma, me, me, mo, they repeated day in, day out. They belaboured the Psalms of David one whole burga season underneath the clumps of scarlet flowers. Zereyakob was then packed off to the monastery of Debrework, where he learnt the seven forms of wordplay, secular as well as sacred, with the wax and with the gold. The boy excelled in the art of the quip, and he read all the books, too, the Old and the New Testaments, of course, and, in addition, the history of Alexander, the Apocrypha, of which Enoch, the Aximaros and the Fisalgos, as well as a number of holographs, between the lines of which he discovered some expunged teachings of Apollonius of Tyana, transcribed in Gers and in Greek, so that Zeriakob taught himself this Greek by transposition of the science superposed beneath the translation. He thus had an inkling that Abyssinia was a westerly country that had forgotten the fact. Zereyakob now progressed to Aksum, where he was given to read a number of uncommon manuscripts before turning once more his steps southwards. This was the time when he requested to take the robes from the Aleka of Debrilibanos. This station was to prove, however, brief as he was pressed to take his leave from this holy mountain as soon as he opened his mouth and strayed from passages committed to memory. Zereyakob isolated himself in a hole he found at the top of a gorge stocked with flamboyant birds, flavorsome flowers, and savage beasts. The makeshift's wall he sealed with mud did not prevent the folk from finding his hideaway, so that they took to cramming beans through the chinks so that he would sustain his body and not die of the hunger of men. One day he emerged from his refuge, and even though he continued to answer to the name Zereyakob, and still wore the yellow cassock and a crown of matted hair, he no longer called himself a monk, but a man amongst other men. A local lad followed in his step. His name was Berde, and he was to be the sole disciple of Zereyakob, although numerous were those who had such a want. Zereyakob placed one foot in front of the other, seeking arms for his nourishment and giving comfort to men and women as to the causes of their torment in this world. He explained gently that everything proceeded from natural causes and that there were physical laws for all matters. In North Shoah, they threw stones at him, yet more often than not, peasants taking a liking to his level-headedness, gave him a straw bed and pea gruel for dinner. A widow one day provided the same fare, and Zereyakob did not pick up his staff again, but ploughed her fields by day and the widow herself by night, and spent the days of observance in penning his Treaty of the Explication of All Things with some maxims on the good life, 
he did not beget children and had his disciple Berde, who expanded on natural happenstances in his own writings. Zereacob died old and content, declaring with delectation, At last! Although it is said that he expressed some concern about his cabbage garden, and he imparted, Nothing is lost, and I shall return under a different form, and it is good that he said such things on his deathbed, as this talk would have otherwise have had him promptly stoned, a fact which Zereacob, even if given to philosophizing, well knew, for he loved his life and would not be desirous of taking his leave too speedily. Today his aphorisms are still used in the pilgrimage that laymen and maundering sages alike call the master's ladder throughout the high plateau.